This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Once you get a Bible, go with me to the book of Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Now, we're in a couple weeks here in the series of honor. And I'm going to get to honor here this morning, but we're going to go back and review just a little bit with last week that in the book of 1 Samuel, uh, chapter 15, verse 23, it says that rebellion is as if it's sin of witchcraft. Rebellion as is if sin of witchcraft. And so when I rebel against the things of God, which I can, we all have a choice in that. It's as if we cast a, a spell upon ourselves. But he goes on to say, but obedience is better than sacrifice. So obedience is a big, big, big deal to God. And this uh, morning I want to start out just to show you briefly how important obedience is. So we begin in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse number 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you, wow, that's a great word right there. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments. Now, he said diligently and carefully. That, that tells me that we've got to pay very, very close attention to the word of God, the commandments of God, and the statutes of God. And the only way we find out these things is we've got to get into the word and read. I've got to get into my Bible. I heard a, a phrase the other day called RPG. It's not rocket, rocket propelled grenades. But I got to read my Bible, I got to pray, and I got to go to church. Those are fundamental things as a Christian. Something happens when I obey those, okay? Keep reading here. But you will observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you. You will experience these, and they will overtake you because... Now watch the because factor here. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. You chose to obey the word of God. Now my job here is to teach you, to warn you, and to instruct you, okay? It's your job to decide what you want to do with it. But if you'll note right here, God's desire is to bless us. The word bless means to be happy, fortunate, and to be envied. And so his desire is for every one of us to walk in those blessings. Those blessings just don't happen. I've got a purpose in my heart. I'm going to obey the word of God. I'm going to obey the commandments of God. Pastor, do we have to? No, you don't have to. You don't have to do anything but die, okay? But watch what happens when you choose not to obey the, the word of God. Verse 45. Moreover... All these curses shall come upon you. Now, if you want to study that, you go back to start in verse 15 and read all the way through verse 63, and it will highlight what he's talking about, the curse. He says, but these curses shall come upon you. They will pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. And they, the curses, shall come upon you for a sign and a wonder, and on your descendants or your offspring forever. Now again, 
I set myself up, but also my family after me with either blessings or cursings. Verse 47, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. So not only am I to obey God, I'm to obey God with joy and gladness. It, it ought to be a privilege to say, man, I serve God. God, he's the, he's the God of my life. But again, real quick, you see there's a blessing and there's a curse. I either acknowledge God or I deny God. Now, I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're, as you're going there, to, to finish quoting 1 Samuel 15, verse 23, where he said, Rebellion is sin as witchcraft. But to obey is better than sacrifice. And he goes on to say, and to heed, to heed is better than the fat of rams. Now we go back and we take that phrase where we were last week. That literally means to, to obey or to heed is above reasoning or theories, the intellectual side of mankind. In other words, we cannot put man's opinion above the Word of God. God never intended for the creation to tell the Creator what to do. Now, we live in a society right now that likes to say this, well, we've progressed or we've evolved. So really what you're trying to tell me is, we don't want to call sin what it really is. We would rather camouflage it and say, you know what, we've outgrown the Bible. But again, the Bible's very clear that God doesn't change. That's Malachi chapter 3. Then he goes on to say in Psalms 119, 89, he says, Forever the word of God is forever settled in heaven. So God doesn't change his mind. God's word is still relevant even today as it was 2,000 years ago. So now we come back to the thought. My opinions, my reasonings, and my theories. Watch what the Bible has to say about this. This is 2 Corinthians 10. Begin with me in verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Our weapons that we have when we become Christians are not of the flesh. In other words, we're not going to go out there and smack each other in the head. It's the same with the devil. Ah, I'd like to get my hands on the devil and punch him right in the head. Well, that's not going to happen, okay? Those things don't happen. So let the Bible teach us here. It says, so for the, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But listen to this. But our weapons are mighty in God or mighty through God or mighty by God. He goes on to say in the end of verse 4. For, for pulling down strongholds. The Amplified says the overthrow of destruction. Now, a stronghold is anything that becomes birthed in our mind or established in our mind. And when we talk about a stronghold, a stronghold is anything that opposes the will of God. How do we know that he's talking about warfare in our mind? Watch verse 5. Casting down arguments. The word arguments right here literally means theories or reasonings. The New Living says, knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. So the first thing he points out to us here, 
is the things of God are mighty for the casting down of arguments or the theories or the reasoning of man. This is very prevalent right now in our society. That we've come to a place where we start putting man's thoughts above God's thoughts. But he doesn't end there. Look what he goes on to say. With the casting down of arguments and every high thing. Now listen to what he says about high things. And I'll clarify what high things is. But he says that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So there's going to be things whether there's arguments or high things. And when we talk about these high things here. He's he's literally talking about human reasoning that becomes like a skyscraper that it blinds us to the knowledge of God. So what he's telling us here is I can't ever allow these human reasonings, these arguments, these theories, these high things to put themselves above the word of God. You know what it is for me and you, regardless of our age, I put the word of God above everything else. My answer to things should be this. What does the B-I-B-L-E say? I put the B-I-B-L-E above anything that mankind says or tells us is okay. Does it line up with the Word of God? Now watch how that statement right there will come into play here. Casting down arguments every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I am to bring every thought into captivity To the obedience of Christ. So when there's a statement that's made. When I know the word of God. I look and I say. This is the statement. How well does that statement line up to the word of God? If it does not line up with the word of God. What am I supposed to do? I'm to capture it. I'm to tear that thought down. Don't treat the thought like it never came. But cast it down in Jesus name. And so again, I've got to keep my focus on the things of God right here. Now, this goes hand in hand with Scripture. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed. Do not be molded or shaped to this world, to the thinking of the world, but renew your mind to the Word of God. The renewing of my mind is ongoing. The the way our society is moving They'll change your mind on everything from week to week, month to month, month to month. That's why the Word of God is so important. So again, I have to let the Word of God be my blueprint. He goes on to say in verse 6, And being ready to punish all disobedience. How do you punish disobedience? When your obedience is fulfilled. In other words, when I obey the Word of God. It's one thing to know the Word of God. It's another thing to obey the word of God. So again, when you look at all he's talking about here, it's a strong warning to the opinionated. Now we go back to the thought in Deuteronomy 28. Blessings if I obey the word of God. Curses if I disobey. It becomes a choice. But when you choose to disobey the word of God... Don't get mad when all hell breaks loose in your life. Because this is exactly what he begins to warn us about right here. So you have the opportunity. Do I deny the word of God or do I acknowledge the word of God? Now I used this example earlier. That anytime you've ever been any time a gardener or you got to dig your ground up. 
You go out there with a shovel and the ground is really, really soft. You put that, that, that shovel into the ground, it's like butter. Man, it just goes in and you think, whoo, that was good, that's good. But how many have ever gone out there and stuck a shovel in and just hit? And if you got false teeth, it'll knock them out. I got false teeth, it'll knock them right out. How many have ever done this with a shovel? We've all done that. See, again, I highlight that because that's the way the Word of God is. That when, when my heart is tender toward the things of God, it's easy for the Word of God to get on the inside. But when I'm hard-hearted, it's very hard for that seed to Word of God to get in. And so Hebrews 3, 7 says this, that a hard heart is a rebellious heart. The reason humanity's heart gets hard is we start turning against the things of God. So none of us are exempt. Now I said earlier, we're going to get back to, to honor. Go with me to the book of 1 Peter. Way back there in the New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 2. And so where we're going to go with this, we're going to talk about honor. Now again, when I honor what God says to honor, there's a blessing. But when I dishonor it, there's going to be consequences. So the, the protocol in the kingdom of God is honor. Some of the greatest moves of God that you'll ever see is when honor is present. If you think back last week, we looked in the book of Mark chapter 6, and that's where the people dishonored Jesus. And remember what dishonor did to Jesus? He could do no mighty works there. It restrained him. So if, it, if dishonor restrained Jesus, what do you think honor does? So let's look here today and let's just see how the Word of God plays into this. 1 Peter 2, verse 13. Therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance. The word ordinance there means institution. So therefore, submit yourselves to every institution of man. Come under every institution of authority of man. Why would I do that? For the Lord's sake. You know what? For the Lord's sake? Because God said so. Because all authority is of God. God gives the authority to mankind right here. So if we look and pay close attention to what he said, submit ourselves. So for me to submit to authority, that can be my parents. That can be my boss. That can be a teacher. That can be a coach. Every area of my life, I come into submission to authority. Why would I do that? Because God said so. He goes on to say, whether to the king as supreme or to the governors as those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God. Maybe we ought to underline that. For this is the will of God. In other words, this is God's heart. This is God's idea. That by doing good, you put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak of vice or a cloak of wickedness, but as a bondservant of God. So you know what he's just telling those ones that are in authority? He said, you do it as a servant of God. You don't use your authority to promote wickedness. 
Now this is where it gets really good. Verse number 17. Honor all people. Respect all people. What would happen if we begin to do that? What would happen if every day before we left our home, and winter's getting close right here, that as you reach in your closet to get that coat to keep you warm, what would happen if we reached in there and got the coat that has the coat of honor? Now, he says honor all people. That tells me that's a choice. That's something i got to get in my heart. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. That's the Christian fraternity. That's us. Fear God. Fear God. You know out of the fear of God is always the overflow of honor? When you find the fear of God, you'll find honor. And he ultimately ends and says, honor the king. Verse 18. Servants, be submissive to your masters. Interesting statement. With all fear, not only to the good and the gentle, the kind and the considerate, but be submissive also to the harsh. Now when I read that, that gets my attention. It's easy to be submissive to people that are good and kind and considerate. But when we are submissive or we obey people that are harsh, it throws it in a whole new ballgame. So the reason I would submit to someone who is harsh, because of the fear of God, tells me to. Now as I looked at the word harsh, I thought, let's see what different translations say about the harsh. Listen to this. The unjust, the crooked, the unreasonable, the wicked, the unfair, the dishonest, and the cruel. Wow. Now remember this with what he just said about the harsh. All authority is of God, but not all authority is godly. When you have cruel or mean people in an authority, they're cruel and mean. God's not cruel and mean. But it's interesting here that he tells me, Go ahead and submit to them, even though they're harsh. Now, think about this in your life. Wherever you're at right now, you may have a boss that's really harsh. How many of you got a school teacher that's just harsh? A coach. See, we can go through life, and guess what? We're going to fall under this sometime in our life. Where we're going to be under the, 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 the authority of someone that's harsh. Now I have to come back into my heart and say, okay. Do I obey what God said to do? Because if I obey God, there's a blessing. But when I disobey, there's a curse. So again, this isn't just pick and choose. Something happens when I obey the word of God. Verse 19. For this is commendable. This is acceptable. What is? If because of conscience toward God, or God's sake, one endures grief and suffering wrongfully. You find favor when you bear up under pain. In other words, God's paying attention. He sees it. Verse 20. For what credit 
is that if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable for God. So guess what he's telling you? When someone that's in authority that is very harsh or treats you unjustly, and you go ahead and honor them, you've now gotten the attention of Father God. And when you get the attention of Father God, God applauds. God says, that's my boy, that's my girl. That may not be very popular where you're working at, but when I go ahead and obey what God says to obey, there's always blessings. Verse 21. For to this you were called. Now you may want to underline that. For to this I am called. You may want to say that. I am called to this. Because when I put on the name of a Christian, the bar gets raised. And he says, for this you were called. Because Christ also suffered for us. Leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. So what would have happened the day that Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross and be crucified And he would have looked up to Father God and stomped his foot and said, That's not fair. That's not fair. See, it's like the little boy who comes home from school and says, This and this happened to me at the playground. Mommy, it's not fair. When we go home and we don't get to play in the ball game like we'd like, and we say, It's not fair. When I didn't get the job I want, it's not fair. When I didn't get promoted like I should have, it's not fair. Well, guess what? Life's not fair. Just ask Jesus. A guy who never did anything wrong, but you know what he said? I'm going to go ahead and do it. And because when he did it, he got God's attention. And when I go ahead and just obey God, something happens. Now, in our society right now, for you and me to obey God, you're swimming upstream, baby. You are going uphill. Because in our society, we almost promote rebellion. It's almost cool with teenagers to think, I'm going to talk back to my mom and dad. It's cool. It's cool enough to let this little eight, eight and a half get up your bottoms what it's cool. Well, we better move on. We better keep reading some more scriptures. Verse 22. Talking about Jesus. This is the example. Who committed no sin. Nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled. And the word reviled means insulted. He did not insult in return. And when he suffered, he did not threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges rightly. So what happens right here, Jesus didn't didn't respond with vengeance or retaliation. He didn't look at those ones who put him on the cross and say, boys, enjoy this today because you're going to burn in hell. No, he never did that. So you know what he does? He said he turned it over to God who judges rightly. So this tells me right here, one of two things are going to happen. When I take these things into my own hand, God backs off. And God says, if you want to retaliate, go ahead ahead and retaliate. 
But if you want my opinion or my, my ruling on it, I'm the God who judges fairly, then you just go ahead and, and, and mimic or take the example that Jesus was for every one of us. Keep your mouth shut. Not always easy, is it? Turn just a, a page or a chapter. First Peter chapter 3. First Peter 3 verse 8. Finally, all of you, every one of us, be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as the brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous or humble. So he gives us three B's there. Be of one mind. Then he said, be, be tenderhearted and be courteous. Wow, what would happen if we put that robe on every day? Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. But on the contrary, now listen to this, blessing, blessing, be a person of blessing, I'm blessed to be a blessing, and what happens if I'm blessed, knowing that you were called to this, you may want to say that, I'm called to this, what am I called to, that you may inherit a blessing, so when I do it God's way, there's always a blessing, instead of returning insult for insult. How many of you have ever gone through this life and said, if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to get even with them? I'll tell you right now. I'm going to get even. I, I know where you live. I know where you work. Well, see, you can do that again. But he says, for this I was called, verse 10, for he who would love life. How many of you here want to love life? The rest of you are liars. You want to love life. And see good days. Oh, happy day. Woohoo, that's me. I want to see that. Let him refrain or restrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. You know what he tells us right there? Instead of voicing your opinion, Instead of murmuring, instead of complaining, instead of belly aching, you know what he just said? Now this is the paraphrased edition. Shut up. Keep your mouth shut. Because every time you open your mouth, you get in trouble. And let me walk you through this just a little bit, this passage right here. Isaiah chapter 1, 19, it says this. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Now, do you know you can be obedient but not willing? Because obedient is revealed in my conduct. Willing is viewed in my attitude. So let me show you how this looks. Now, this would happen to me as a, as a young boy growing up in my home. My dad would say, take out the trash. Well, I knew real quick, I'm going to take out the trash. I'm going to obey him because he said so. So I'm on my way to the dumpster with the trash. And the whole way out there, you know what I do? I complain and say, man, my brother never has to do it. This is stupid that I have to do this. How many of you have ever done stuff like that? So guess what? I obeyed, but I wasn't willing. And he said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So that's very easy to even do to our parents. Many times we obey them, but we say, ah, they're stupid. They don't have a clue. Brain dead. Brain dead Ted. That's my dad. 
So again, see, I can, be, I can be obedient but not willing. So now I go back how this begins to affect my life. I worked for this utility company for 20 years. In those 20 years, I had two bosses. Neither one of them had ever done anything that I was actually doing. They really didn't know what I did. And so there were times in my life when I knew this was my job to do, I would obey it. But you know what I would say? They're clueless. They don't have a clue what I do. It's the stupidest thing in the world. So what ultimately started happening when I started doing that, it was almost like it was a dam. The blessings of God weren't coming through. And I would say, what's going on, God? What's going on? Well, what was going on was when you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But if I'm just obedient and not willing, I lose it. So now we go back to King David. Remember when he would obey King Saul? Not only did he obey King Saul, he honored King Saul. And because he honored him, he was blessed. So I do some things one time at work. I'm not sinful. I just made some stupid choices. Me and another guy. And so I got called into the office. And the boss looks at me and says, did you do this, this, and this? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, because of your choices to do that, I'm going to give you three weeks off without pay. Oh, happy day. Not. Not a good day in the Swan home to go home and tell Shelly, hey, guess what happened at work today? So I'm not allowed to go on those premises for three weeks. I saw guys that I worked for and they would say, hey, they shouldn't have done this to you, da-da-da-da-da. And I said, regardless on how you want to explain it, I was there with the other guy, okay? Just, just to fill in the blank so you don't think I, I, I was sinful. The other guy was having huge marital problems. He asked me if I could help him. And I said, yeah, I'll talk to you. And so I was talking to him on company time, which I shouldn't have been. I was a thief, okay? So anyhow, in those three weeks process, because I kept my mouth shut. And oh, there was times I'd have liked to open. You know what I'd like to say? But you know what? Oh, Billy Bob, he does this and this and this, and he always gets away with it. So it's not fair. Well, life's not fair. Then you die. But I kept my mouth shut. And after those three weeks were up, I made more money than if I would have been working because God blessed me. So I go back to work after being three off for three weeks. And when I walk on the premises, the first guy I see is the guy who gave me the three weeks off. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, the stare down's on. I went up and I shook his hand and I said, I'm glad to be back. And he said, I'm glad you're back. And I kept honoring him. Even though my flesh didn't want to. Now you fast forward a number of years later. That man dies physically. He's dead. I get a call the day he dies, and it's a wife, and she said, he always said this, the only one he ever wanted to officiate his funeral was you. And the Lord said, anytime you honor people, you'll be honored. You'll be blessed. 
And I always look back at that and I thought, what would have happened if I would have retaliated? What would have happened if I would have ripped him and said, he's the sorriest boss in the world. But again, a lot of times, we make the mistakes, we make the choices, but then we want to get mad at God. But when I go ahead and just obey, and I'm not saying it's easy, but I can't get into the flow with the crowd. Now, now watch what goes on here, verse 11. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Now, when you see that right there, it tells me, Peace doesn't just happen. How many like peace in your life? Well, it doesn't just happen. You pursue peace by honoring God and obeying God. So he said, pursue peace. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. That statement right there means the eyes of the Lord are on those who do right in his eyes. So guess what happens? Every day when we get up on this planet earth, You may be able to fool people. You may be able to pull the wool over people's eyes, but not God's. But God's eyes are always scanning. You know what he's saying? I want to bless the righteous. I want to promote the righteous. See, many times we work in places that you may not like. There were years in my life I worked at places I didn't like. And a couple things that came out of it. Number one is... How well are you going to submit when you have people that you don't like? And number two, have you ever thought this? You may be only the Christian that works there. Well, I want another job. I want to move over here. But what would happen if the Lord said, you're the only guy I got. You're the only gal I got there who knows the things of God. And I say, but man, Father God, I work around all these heathens. There's a reason you're there. You're called to be the salt of the earth. Even when you walk in and they say, good morning, right there like that. You look at them and say, bless you. I'll cast the devil out of you. See, I walked in that for years and I would say, oh God, you got to help me. And he would say this and this didn't uplift me at all. God will say, you're the only guy I got there. They're going to go to hell if somebody's there that won't tell them about Jesus. There was one day where I worked there, and, and I had a, a company truck, and I was driving, and this is the truth. Everywhere I went that day, I'd pull up to traffic lights, and people would be honking. And I'd think, what are you honking about? And i go back to lunch or office, and i get out of my truck, and i look at the bumper, the gate, the tailgate of my pickup. They had taped pornography all over the bed of my truck. Not pretty pictures. And so that's what everybody's honking at. I'm pulling along and I'm looking at what. And I knew who did it. And I got out and I just looked and I'm like. You know he's born again now. He's been in this church. He's come over here and visited. He's full of God. That same pornography taping fella. I buried his mom and I buried his brother. And so again, there's times God will say, I need you. I need you right there. Just learn to go through this process and God will bless you. Oh, I better get going. I'm going way too long. Let me finish here. 
For the eyes of the Lord are righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. I want to highlight that because it's cross-referenced to John 9.31. It says in John 9.31, it says, God doesn't answer the prayers of the sinners, but the worshipers and the one who do His will, His ears are open to them. So I have to look at this and I have to give myself a grade. Are my prayers being hindered? Are my prayers hitting the ceiling and coming back down? Because if they are, there's probably something in my life that could possibly be out of order. And so you know what God's saying? Get your heart right. Get your heart right. He goes on to say, But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So as I look at all this today, I'm to honor authority. I'm to obey authority. The only time I can tell you that you need to go against authority is when they are encouraging you to sin. If they're encouraging you to lie. If they're encouraging you, hey, let's change the books a little bit. If they're encouraging you to get any form of sexual sin, you make a stand and say, I love you, but uh -uh, no go, no go. I'm going to serve God. But other than that, when I read this, and I got to say, do I obey? Do I obey? Do I honor? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.